Hi, I'm Riley Ernst, the podcast coordinator for Crave the Sound. In this week's episode of Crave the Podcast, Katie Hirosaki will be interviewing David B. Together, they will be breaking down the song Girl from Spain, a new song off of David's new EP, Bummer of a Summer. Enjoy! Hi, you're listening to the Crave... Crave is it Crave the Podcast? <laughs> You're listening to Crave the Podcast. I'm Katie Hirosaki, and I'm going to be talking to artists and getting into the feelings behind their music. Today, I'm talking to David B. about his song, Girl from Spain, off the Bummer of a Summer EP. Hi, David. How's it Hello, going? Hello. It's going great. Would you be able to just introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about your music? My name is David B. Um, I'm an artist based out of Boulder. Grew up in Littleton, which is like an hour away, so not too far. Um, I started making music. About a year ago, well, I started making music a long time before that. I started releasing music about a year ago, and um, not sure how to describe the genre. I guess like indie folk, jazz inspired. <laughs> I don't, just call it indie. I feel like indie fits. I feel like yeah. indie. It's just like so broad. It's a nice like, umbrella I feel term. Like everything just yeah. Yeah, it's got guitars, it but it's not heavy, so it works. It's got guitars. <laughs> It's the only box you need to check, if even. Yeah, I think that's that's the important one. Um, so you recently released your first EP, Bummer of a Summer. Just to start out, could you tell me just a little bit about like your inspirations behind that and like the themes of the EP in general? No, oh, I absolutely can. The biggest one in terms of just like making a big project and putting it out there and releasing it would have to be Mac DeMarco. Um, it just because, you know, he records all of his stuff in his garage um, all by himself and he makes great music out of it. And I figured if he can do it, I can at least try to do half of what he does, you know. Um, and so I got a microphone. I got everything I needed. I recorded Loner Now in January of last year, released that. Um, and then September of this year, I released The Bummer of a Summer. I made four songs for that. I made a lot more than four, but I only released four. There's like B-sides on SoundCloud, I think. Um, yeah, so Mac DeMarco was the biggest inspiration. And in terms of the subject matter of the EP, I wanted it to be something really light, you know? None of the songs on the EP are going to make you cry. Like, they're not supposed to. They're supposed to be something nice you can put on and like maybe save for a rainy day and just listen chill out you know it's 2020 this year has been a shit storm um so i feel like um that ep is just made to relax to to just enjoy can you tell me a little bit about like the title of the ep and where that came from i feel like it's a little relevant also to the time when you released it yeah exactly so that was after we'd all been sent home from boulder yeah uh, from cu and then i was sitting in my mom's house that summer with nothing to do. I couldn't, I like, I wasn't going to go out and see my friends because I didn't want to get anyone I know sick by chance. So I was just sitting there and I figured I'll just record whatever I can. And even though the summer sucks, I'll make something good out of it. It's a bummer of a summer, you know? And there were a couple other names. Um, the Long March was going to be a contestant because started in March, yeah. kept going. Yeah. Um, but I think bummer of summer has a nice ring to it. And also in Homewrecker, um, there's a part that says, but to be honest with you, baby, it's a bit of a bummer. And then the next line or the line before it is like, 
uh, a little mistake that we made in the summer. So, you know, it's a little fun tie-in to the song. And I think it's just got a nice ring to it. Yeah. Um, how did, like, those four songs come about? And, like, how did you settle on those four for being the collection of the EP? Oh, for sure. Um, I kind of just went with the most uh, accessible and what people, what I thought people would really like. And I think I did a pretty good job in that case, except for Cannery Row. People don't really like Cannery Row. I'm okay with that because I like it <laughs> uh-huh, personally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I recorded a lot of music and I wanted to make sure it all had like a generally cohesive mm-hmm. uh, sound to it. So all the songs have, you know, a guitar in the back doing rhythm, um, oh. yeah, basic drum beats on them. Um, but they're different enough. One of the mm-hmm. songs I took off of the EP is called, I don't even know what it's called at this point. Um, it was about technology, mm-hmm. but I took it off because it sounded a lot like Homewrecker. The chord prog- progressions were really similar. The beat behind it was really similar. Um, so yeah, that's about it. Yeah. I, I think you ended up with a very like cool, cohesive sound. And yeah, I also don't know how exactly to describe it, but yeah. it flows together really nicely. Um, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about Girl from Spain, which is the third song off the EP. Yeah, it's the curveball. Yeah. Why Why would you call it that? Um, <laughs> probably because of the flamenco section in the middle that, of it. That would, um, yeah, that would do it. Uh, I, flamenco, it's, uh, it's not flamenco. It's because I can't make flamenco music. I'm a half white kid from <laughs> Littleton, Colorado. I have no right to call it I make flamenco. Um, but it's definitely influenced from that, uh, like Gypsy Kings, um, which my mom listened to, uh, and I listened to, therefore. Uh, Gypsy Kings, you know, um, the Concierto de Aranjuez is a beautiful, beautiful piece. Uh, Miles Davis did a version of it, also really pretty, that both just kind of made me want to do something with that vibe. Um, in that clapping section, it's just a ton of layered claps comes kind of out of nowhere but i think it it gives the song the spice it needs yeah um where do you see girl from spain like in its position like if you call it the curveball like in in, like the ep itself like where do you think it kind of situates within the rest of your music um in terms of the ep i think the song is very much like a breath of fresh air and that's one of the reasons i emphasize like the the high end because i think yeah right before that song is homewrecker and homewrecker ends with this like really aggressive like disco style like 16th on the hi-hats you got four on the floor rhythm um there's just a lot of sounds going on when that song ends and then you end off with a little bleep bleep bleeps um there's some reverb and then you get to girl from spain and girl from spain has a really stripped down instrumental you know i think it's like it's just guitar bass drums vocals and then like a little bit of harmony and a lead guitar in the back but that's it um so it's something nice to just sit back into and breathe in after the giant not (laughs) mess but like all the chaos that home rocker home record got you yeah can you tell me a little bit just about the songwriting process i feel like i think when we were talking earlier you mentioned that that's one of the ones that you were sitting on for like a long time, especially yeah. in comparison to everything else that you were writing. Yeah. Um, Girl from Spain, I started writing, I think I started writing that song when I had my first guitar. Mm-hmm. So it was like my first electric guitar, I should say. Um, so that was like my junior year of high school, maybe 
sophomore year, something like that. And I wrote just the the little hook, the verse of the intro. Um, I gotta go and get myself a pretty little girl from Spain. Uh, ignore the voice crack, but that's it. Um, and I was like, that's really cool. That's great. Um, where do I go with that? And I had no clue. I really didn't know what I was doing whatsoever. Still don't. Um, but I knew I had like a little nugget there. So I sat on it until I felt like revisiting it, which happened to be during the bummer of a summer. And um, I got something a little more cohesive. Yeah. Um, was there, where did that first little nugget come from? Like, where do you, did you have like any like image or story in your head that you were kind of feeling that from? Yeah, for sure. Um, my sister was an exchange student in Spain. Um, at the time. And I was, I was super, super lucky. I got to go to Spain for Christmas and it's a beautiful country. I went to Granada, mm -hmm. saw the Alhambra, beautiful place. Um, so yeah, it was really cool. And I just had that, like, that kind of like, it, it's not exotic, but like the sort of like the foreign, like really strange place, mm -hmm. like idea just in my head and the, how I felt when I was there. Um, and I wanted to kind of capture that. And I think that's why the song has so many themes of like, I want to leave this place that I currently am and go somewhere new, go mm -hmm. somewhere different to me. Um, so I guess the song in its essence isn't really about an actual girl from Spain. Right. It's about uh, Spain and that it's a cool place. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like, like, I feel like the two emotions, I feel like I'm not going to be able to say this well, um, that I kind of picked up on from the song were kind of like, like a longing and also just like, like, I think bringing like the airiness of like the hi-hat and like everything going on with like the percussion section of the song. Like, it's very like, it's like moving forward. Do you feel like those are emotions that you were kind of trying to capture at all? Yeah. You know, I think that kind of hits it on the nose. Um, you know, all that air on the hi-hat all the claps that's really high frequency stuff um and i wanted it almost to feel like there was just like a breeze on mm -hmm. top of the track if that makes sense yeah it kind of lift you up and take you somewhere so yeah that's actually a great way to put it that's really cool <laughs> yeah um do you feel like do you feel like the song captures like when you when you play it, when you sing it, when you listen to it, like is there like a specific like setting that you can like picture from like from your trip or just like in general? I'm not fully sure. Mm -hmm. Maybe like just a street of Granada, you know, you've got cobblestone beneath your feet, which doesn't happen anywhere in the US. <laughs> and you packed vans for some reason. Um, and the soles are super worn out, so your feet hurt, but you you don't want to be anywhere else because uh -huh. um, Granada is just a beautiful city. Um, it's this really, it's a really, really weird place too. Cause you know, it's been around forever. It's been around since the Moors were in Spain. Um, maybe even before that, I'm not sure about the history, but it's crazy. You can get up on this overlook somewhere and you can see, it looks like just someone took a pencil and cut the city in half. And this half is where all the old parts are, all the old buildings, and it's like all stone and stuff. And then you look to the left and it's just like a completely modern city. It's crazy. So when did when were you able to go or when was that? Uh, that was a long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. Well, not long, long, but like four years, mm -hmm. maybe. Okay, yeah. So as you were writing the song then over like the, the past three years, is that kind of the timeline? 
I guess so. I wrote like that first little hook, that first mm -hmm. little nugget, um, recorded it. And then I was looking through the tracks on my, um, in my Pro Tools sessions. Then I heard that and I was like, oh, I could go somewhere with this. So there was a chunk where I just didn't even think about it at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the perfect time to look back at it during quarantine. Cause like, you know, I was stuck in one spot. I couldn't go anywhere. And then that sort of mental escape to a different place was exactly what I needed. Right. Well, that's interesting. I didn't think about, yeah, quarantine and the fact that you really are just trapped. Yeah, there's just nothing you can do. Huh. Do you, was it a good like kind of emotional release to be able to write about like being somewhere else or like dreaming of going somewhere else? You know, I think so. And um, in pretty much every song except Homewrecker on the EP, you get that sort of feeling, you know, girl from Spain, you're trying to go after a girl, you're trying to, you know, follow your heart, whatever, all that mushy gushy stuff. Mm. And then in <laughs> Shangri-La, you're trying to uh, find your way to this spiritual place where you'll find like enlightenment and your soul will be released or whatever. And then in Canary Row, uh, you're not, there's not really a you in the song or an I, um, but I read the book by John Steinbeck, Canary Row. Um, and it's got all these characters, all these stories. Um, there's not really a cohesive plot. Um, so it feels really mundane, but that's kind of the nice part about it. You know, it feels like you're somewhere else. You're part of this community where nothing really crazy happens, but there's all these people that you know and love. That's really cool. I feel like it's a, a cool theme to kind of see like subtly across the EP also. Yeah. Honestly, I haven't thought about that beforehand yeah but it works out yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah what sound were you looking for like how did your instrumentals come about in that song or in girl from spain so i remember wanting i focused a lot on the melody of that song the melody and the harmony um the rhythm honestly kind of came after which is ironic because there's a part that relies solely just on like the um right. yeah those claps layered on top of each other so focusing on the melody um i remember I remember when I was writing that first little verse, um, I wanted to kind of, I wanted it to feel like stairs, like you're going downstairs. Um, I gotta go and find myself a pretty little girl from Spain, something like that. Um, and I wanted it to just kind of flow. Um, and then the harmony, the harmony is actually pretty wacky in some places. Um, you start, it's basically a one to six or a six to one in terms of like the chords. It's D minor to F, and then it goes down to B flat, C, then to D minor, which is a four, five, six, but it kind of acts like a two, five, one, because in the verse before that, you have like a G minor, and then a, it's, there's some it's crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's like weird added measures because you have a technically a C sharp diminished chord in there at one point. Um, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I just wanted it to sound like it was going somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, like you're getting driven, like you're saying, like you're getting driven to a point. Um, and I think I think the melody and the harmony sort of work together to mm -hmm. complete that. It started with um, that melody. Mm -hmm. uh, so the entire song is built around that, um, that just like hook. The da -da 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 -da. And the chorus, I guess, um, the chorus, to be honest, wasn't as much of a direct result of me thinking about it. It was more of an afterthought, like I have to have something in the break in the middle of this. Um, and that's when I decided to go into like a Spanish break because I was like, no one's going to understand this. I mean, most people aren't going to understand this. So I can just kind of do whatever I want here. And, you know, I added some mushy lyrics. 
built the instrumental underneath that. It's really just the same as the verse, but the six and the one are now one and a six. They're switched, so nothing crazy um, in that regard. And then the drum beat, I remember, yeah, you know, you got a lot of focus on the hi-hat to get that air. Um, the kick is in there every once in a while to drive it. I think either the kick or the snare is following the clave, the dut, 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 that part. So yeah, there was just, there's, that part actually is always in the song if you listen really hard. Um, it's either just in the hi-hat rhythm where the accents are, the something like that. Uh, and then when it comes back to the claps, I think it's really cool. Um, but yeah, that's essentially how the, all the instruments came about. I got that melody and I was like, what would sound good underneath it? Went from there. Yeah, I feel like a really um, driving factor of the song is like the guitar in it. And I think when you mentioned like the idea of like going downstairs, it really like, I feel like whenever I listen to it, hearing like the guitar solo, like I like, like before this thought about like going like upstairs because like you like, yeah. Oh, so at one point are just like building back up. Is that just like kind of like a reversal of like the the like lyrical melody? Or? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um. So that clapping part, you can like just think of it more as like as a as a complete break. You know, you mm -hmm. get everything stripped out except the claps, and slowly you add more layers of claps in. Um, and the guitar is kind of just trying to lead you in to the um to that last verse it's like the it's like a roller coaster right mm -hmm. as you're you're getting brought up and then you're gonna drop into the last verse yeah 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 where did you get um like the claps like where did that like specific kind of sound come from the claps um also something from spain one of the coolest musical experiences of my life was seeing like a flamenco show in this cave like in the middle of nowhere um because we have family friends in there um Shout out to Luis, great guy. Um, <laughs> he said, don't go to any of these like touristy locations. <laughs> I know the spot. Um, and like, granted, it was still touristy because, you know, it's going to, that's, that's the image they're selling. So there were tours there, but it was like super packed. Everyone was shoulder to shoulder in this tiny little cave that probably was just like the size of the studio if you doubled it that way. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and so there were these like uh, three women dancing their hearts out. It was mm -hmm. incredible. Um, and, you know, they're clapping along to this dude playing guitar. He was just going ham. His mm -hmm. nails looked like King Kong's. King Kong doesn't have claws. His nails <laughs> looked like, uh, what's something that has claws? <laughs> Godzilla. Godzilla, sure. <laughs> His nails looked like claws. We'll go with that. Uh, probably Jake from the heard. back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jake. Uh, yeah, Godzilla's claws. <laughs> and after the show, I remember I saw him gluing it back on. Like one of them Ooh. felt like it cracked open. And, oh, that's it was fun. really gross, but it was really cool at the same time. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's where the claps come from. Um, just it was it was something it was beautiful just to see him like because you never really think of rhythm. At least I don't think of rhythm as something that can be particularly like mesmerizing. Um, it's always been like melody and harmony and then like rhythm in the back doing whatever um and i think that really sort of like showed me that you know that sort of like poly well it's not polyrhythmic but that sort of like layering that sort of cool stacking of different rhythms on top of each other can be a really really cool audio mm -hmm. thing yeah 
it's cool that ends up being like an entire section in your piece like, or in your song that's it's not just like kind of yeah like a backtrack it's like it's kind of it stands on its own it's very cool yeah so this kind of goes back to more lyrics but um you kind of mentioned it how like with like the spanish lyrics you were like oh like people or not as many people will understand this so i can kind of yeah. do whatever i want and i feel like i did notice like listening to it um that they're they are a lot like mushier than yeah. like the rest of your english lyrics oh, like for sure yeah um was that purposeful or like was it just like ah i can i can be mushy here yeah and more people will not understand um, i think it's a combination of two things the first thing is that uh because i'm not a native spanish speaker and because i'm feel still very much like learning it um it's a lot harder for me to rhyme in spanish <laughs> than it is in english so i was like all right um I forget what the specific tense is. I think it's like, it's not subjunctive. Oh, I don't. I don't remember I've Spanish. Spanish yeah, like two years. I'm taking a Spanish class right now. It's not going very well. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not going terrible. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember the specific tenses. But I was like, all right, I'll stick with that and then go with it. And then I think the the second factor is that all the Spanish music that I do listen to or have listened to. Um, has that kind of like extra cheesiness that mm -hmm. I think a lot of um, like a English music doesn't has, and that's not a that's not a bad thing. I would like to clarify. Um, it's just different. Um, so I tried to you know kind of uh, copy that. Um, all the music my mom listened to when I was a kid that was it was all in Spanish, like Serrat, um, lots of Shakira actually. Mm -hmm. um, like all the all the Spanish lyrics are very just like either overtly hyper romantic or just sexual as hell <laughs> there's there's no alternative uh -huh. um and so i just kind of like let myself lean into that and it was pretty fun yeah um how was writing in a different language in like not your first language um it was definitely a little exercise for my brain mm -hmm. um pretty tricky to do when i mean google translate definitely helped a yeah. lot not gonna lie um but it was a little bit difficult to just kind of piece everything together and try to get like a coherent message. Mm -hmm. And I made sure like my mom and sister grammar checked it beforehand and it might still be wrong for yeah. all I know. Um, but it was, it was definitely, it felt kind of more like I was just like slapping things together and it definitely got more. I've said definitely a lot. <laughs> it for sure got more, um, <laughs> cohesive mm -hmm. and it sounded a lot more like an actual lyric towards the end first drafts were not pretty uh -huh. they're not good <laughs> can you um can you talk a little bit about just like the spanish part of the, of the song and like just like lyrically and like what you're kind of conveying through those verses like i said it's like it's mushy gushy um no hay nada que yo no haría pase lo que pase pase lo que pase me voy a granada um, that's saying there's nothing i wouldn't do whatever happens i'm going to granada you know um so just like really leaning into the sort of like love valid like think like frank sinatra come fly with me sort of like mm -hmm. just this song is about nothing except really being horny i guess like that's that's what frank sinatra was all about um it did not being horny like just like really really wanting another person mm -hmm. um 
And I think that also like goes into the quarantine thing, you know, being alone for so long, uh, living with no one but your mom and your sister. Like, yeah, it sucks. Um, So I just kind of let myself lean into it and talk about mushy gushy things as much Mm -hmm. as I wanted. And it was nice. Yeah. It sounds like the entire song ended up being like a very like cool, like escape from quarantine. I don't think I really picked up on that when I like listened to it just on my own. Yeah. Just the, the entire EP really is what got me through it. Cause, yeah. um, you know, I'd spend the day doing whatever in the night I'd play Xbox with my friends, but I needed something to do the, to fill that time. Cause it was mm-hmm. the middle of summer. Um, and I guess the tail end of spring, there's a little bit of school, but not much to do. Um, and I couldn't go out and do anything. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just spent as much time as I could recording and, it it was my release. How do you feel about it now that like the EP's released and like the song's released? Like, do you think they kind of capture the feelings that you were feeling at the time? I think they capture kind of what I was wanting to feel, yeah. if that makes yeah. sense. Because like, and Homewrecker is a is a really risky song. You know, it's about like being in a love triangle and yeah. being the person that ruins a relationship not something I have any actual experience in real life. Um, (laughs) Thank God. Um, But it's just like, I want something exciting. I want something new. I want to go to a new place and have something new happen to me. Um, And I do think the EP does really well at capturing that kind of idea. It is like your first EP. Like how did it feel to just release that into the world? Oh, man. When I first released it, I was absolutely terrified. I was fully prepared for, like, everyone to just be like, David, (laughs) this is garbage. Why did you why did he make this? No. (laughs) Well, obviously, like, people aren't that mean, but I expected people to be like, well, it's good. You know, (laughs) the kind of tentative, like, I don't want to tell him it's bad. Um, But it actually like I had people reach out to me just from nowhere on Instagram being like, hey, I listened to this. It's great. I like it a lot. Um, My sister's friend's brother is an audio producer down in Denver, and he reached out to me. He was like, hey, this song sounds great. And um, that was he said that about Girl from Spain. Um, And, you know, that was a really, really cool moment for me because that's when I realized, like, hey, uh, people don't hate this. this. Yeah. Um, And I think now i'm just incredibly happy that people liked it and Mm -hmm. it's still it's not like i didn't have like crazy ratings or anything yeah yeah. i didn't have a lot of streams um like i still think shangri-la is my most streamed song streamed song because it got put on that playlist i think it has like it's still under ten thousand. so like nothing crazy like was it put on like a spotify playlist um not a spotify specific playlist but just someone I think it was her name is Kira G put the song on a playlist that had a lot of followers. Okay. Um, So yeah. And that's how it got most of its uh, streams. Um, And yeah, it's still like under 10,000. So I'm not like a superstar or a celebrity (laughs) by any means. Uh Um, But just the fact that it did even that well is, is awesome. Um, and I'm I'm still really proud of all the work I did on that. And now I can only hope to, you know, do that same thing or better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is there, do you have a direction that you're trying to move forward into now or anything that new that you're working on? Um, Not 
particularly. Um, I'm working on a couple of things. Whether or not I'll uh, put them out is still up in the air. Um, I guess it really just comes down to whether or not I think it fits the aesthetic. I've run into that problem a lot. Um, like the other day, I wrote a song and I started recording it, and I was like, "Well, this is great. I love it. People are gonna people are gonna dig this." And then I realized that it's like kind of a grunge song because I was listening uh-huh. to a lot of Nirvana at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I I listened to the whole thing and I said, wow, this is not, I can't put this out because it's a complete, it's way out of left field. Right. Mm-hmm. It's out of nowhere. So, you know, it's a, it's definitely something I'm figuring out how to balance because yeah. I don't want to start releasing like the same thing. Like I don't want right. to just be any other indie band just slapping a chorus pedal on a guitar and like calling it good you know um so i want to keep introducing new things and i think i want to start getting like more i don't think genuine is the right word but we'll use it for now more genuine with my lyrics because a lot of the lyrics like home record you know i've never been in a situation like that um yeah so i want to i want to write things that are more real more like actually applicable to me as a person um and that's it's definitely a fine line um it's also working on just like being emotionally vulnerable for long enough to get those lyrics down you know but yeah you know i will release more music by the end of the year is the deadline i've given myself um and hopefully it's hopefully it's good yeah do you have any long-term dreams or like anything that you are really sh- I don't know how to phrase that question. Where do you want to go? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's something I ask myself a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm currently double majoring in molecular bio and Spanish. And on top of that, I'm trying to get like either a music, sa- music tech or music entrepreneurship certificate. So if that doesn't tell you that I'm bad at making like specific decisions, <laughs> I don't know what does because none of those things are related to each other. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, like the dream is to become like a rock star and then go on tours and sell out the Pepsi Center or whatever. Um, that'd be awesome. But, you know, not always the most realistic dream uh, to have. So I'm just going to keep making music for now. And if it picks up, it picks up. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I'll keep making music after that. Um, Yeah, that's my plan for now. I feel like that's a good plan. It's good enough for me. Yeah, (laughs) cool. Um, I think that's, as I said, I don't know how to end this. (laughs) But I think that's all I have. Um, Do you have any last comments or anything that you want us to have in here? Just to any folks listening in, thank you. (laughs) I suppose that's it. This has been. This has been crave crave the the pod crave the sound crave the podcast crave the sound the podcast. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) Do you want to do the ending? (laughs) Sure, that works. This is crave. Oh wait, this has been crave the crave the podcast. This has been crave the podcast. And thank you very much for tuning in. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Crave the Podcast is produced by myself, Jake Trujillo, and Zach Clement. 
Be sure to follow Crave the Sound on Instagram. Also make sure to subscribe to Crave the Podcast on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you like to listen. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.